0: Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Check with Tech, your guide to all things tech. I'm your host, Isina Zam, and let's get started, shall we? So first things first, I want to apologize for delaying this episode by over a week, so I apologize for that. I had a lot of sources that were telling me a lot of information, so I needed a week to kind of break down everything that happened at CES. Because what I talked about last week didn't even scratch the surface of what actually happened so i apologize for that and with that let's continue um with cs 2021 so nvidia you know nvidia uh shortages shortages even more shortages shortages everywhere so yeah nvidia was pretty known for having no stock at all it was due to you know supply being too low for demand of course scalpers were a big reason so it is nice for nvidia to announce a bunch of new things that are supposed to help with the shortages one of those is the geforce rtx 3060 not the ti that was uh, announced last month no 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 there is a brand new geforce rtx 3060 non-ti version the base model so let's uh, see what the 3060 is capable uh, the in- NVIDIA 3 d 3060 has 3584 uh, CUDA cores, a boost clock frequency of 1.78 GHz, a base clock frequency of 1.32 GHz, uh, 12 GB of GDDDR6 VRAM. Of course, since it's a 30 series uh, GPU, it is based on the Ampere architecture with 2nd generation ray tracing cores and 3rd generation Tensor cores. It supports a maximum digital resolution of up to uh, 7680 by 4320. It has uh, one HDMI 2.1 port and three display ports and for support of up to four monitors at once. It has a maximum GPU temperature of up to 93 degrees Celsius or around 199.4 degrees Fahrenheit. It has a graphics card power of uh, 170 watts and has one PCIe 8 pin connector with an adapter uh, to one 12 pin uh, connector. Uh, NVIDIA uh, says it will be available uh, starting January uh, and will cost $329, $70 cheaper than the RTX 3060 Ti. Now, what's interesting for me at least, is that uh, the RTX 3060, the base model, has more RAM than the 3060 Ti, 12 compared to 8. But the 3060 Ti has more CUDA cores. So in my personal opinion, I believe that for $70 more, I think that the RTX 3060 Ti is the better option in my opinion. And not only that, but Nvidia has also announced that the RTX 3070, 3080, and the 3060 will be available on laptops starting January 26th for the 3070 and 3080, and February 2nd for the 3060. 3060 laptops are said to be 1.3 times faster than the PS5 and starts at $999. RDX 3070 laptops will start at $1299 and Nvidia says that they're up to 1.5 t- uh, times faster than um, the 20, uh, 2070 lineup and that it can deliver uh, 1440p 90 frames per second no problem Now the RDX 3080 is where things start to go insane They start at $2000 They can include up to 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 memory And can game at 1440p at 100 frames per second. So overall, it's pretty safe to say that Nvidia is having a a great time if scalpers and shortages never existed. It seems that gaming laptops will benefit very well from these new GPUs. And speaking of gaming laptops, Asus has had a conglomerate of an event last week. They announced so many laptops, I couldn't actually count them on both of my hands. Let's start with a pretty powerful laptop that Asus has shown. The ZenBook Pro Duo 15 OLED. The name is fine. It's just that OLED ticks me off. And every time a product, for example a phone or a laptop in this case, has a feature in the name like 5G OLED. I just don't like that, that doesn't make any sense. If there's another version of the product that doesn't have that feature, then I guess that makes sense. But for example Samsung, with the Galaxy S21 lineup, they keep calling it Galaxy S21 5G. No one actually says 5G in the name. I mean 5G is old, get over it already! God, I'm, I'm so ticked off. But anyway, this is the reason why I don't like these names. So don't expect me to ever call this laptop the Zenbook Pro Duo 15 OLED. Ever. So anyways, uh, with this laptop, uh, uh, as very obvious from the name, you have two screens. uh, One on the upper half of the body, just like a regular laptop. But when you open the laptop, you have a secondary screen just right under it uh, that takes up half the space that a keyboard usually does. It automatically rises, which actually is pretty cool. I like the engineering done in this. The screen, the secondary screen rising actually helps with cooling and makes a better viewing angle. So kudos for uh, Asus uh, for figuring that out. Honestly, good job. So let's start off with the specs, shall we? Um, It has an Intel Core uh, i9-10980HK It has the Intel UHD Graphics which is integrated in the CPU And has the Nvidia GeForce RTX 3070 You have a 15.6 inch uh, OLED obviously 4K Ultra HD 6.9 aspect ratio which is kinda dumb but okay Uh, And a touch screen too With stylus support which is neat and on the lower display, uh, you have 4K screen pad plus display with s- stylus support. You get 32GB of DDR4 memory, you have a 1TB NVMe SSD, you have one USB 3.2 uh, Type-A port, two Thunderbolt 3 uh, ports that supports display output, one HDMI 2.1 port, one three point five millimeter uh, headphone jack, and of course the power plug port and to support all of this is an eight cell ninety two watt hours uh, lithium ion battery. Now what does all of this basically mean? It's an excellent laptop on paper. I never tried it, I never tried a Zenbook uh, duo laptop before, but from what I heard from the reviews, it is pretty insane and considering how Light and thin this laptop is. It's insane! And if you wanted that form factor on a less powerful and equally less expensive laptop, then the ZenBook Duo 14 is an excellent choice. With either a Core 5 1135G7 or uh, a Core 7 1165G7 CPU, a 14 inch full HD uh, touchscreen display, with up to a GeForce MX450 up to 32 GB of LPDDR4X memory up to 1 TB SSD storage 2 Thunderbolt 4 ports uh, 1 USB 3.2 Type-A port 1 HDMI port 1 microSD card reader and 1 audio jack and with all of that it's powered by a 70 Wh battery it is the same exact same design. That's not a bad thing. I really like the form factor. I believe that a lot of people will benefit from this. And now for the casual home use laptops. You have the ZenBook 14 and the ZenBook 13 OLED. Let's start with the ZenBook 14. It, uh, it's powered by either an AMD Ryzen 5 4500U or an AMD Ryzen 7 4700U. It's powered by the AMD Radeon graphics. It has a 14-inch Full HD display, from 8 to 16 gigabytes of LPDDR4X memory, from 256 gigabytes all the way to one terabyte of storage. It has one USB 3.2 port, two USB 3.2 Type C ports, and one microSD card reader. It has a 720p HD webcam and a 67 watt-hours battery now with the ZenBook 13 OLED. It's powered by only the AMD Ryzen 5 5600U. Also powered by AMD Radeon Graphics. It has a 13.3-inch OLED, of course. Full HD uh, display from 8 to 16GB of LPDDR4X memory. 512GB to 1TB of storage. It has one uh, USB 3.2 Type-A port one usb 3.2 uh, type c port which supports the display output and power delivery one hdmi 2.0b port and one microSD card reader it has a 720p i believe hd camera and again a 67 watt hours battery now these are more of your typical ordinary laptops nothing weird going on there which is unusual for asus uh, and It's really, really, really thin, which does explain uh, why, you know, the components aren't the best performing out there. That's why they only have the U series on AMD chips. But that does not deny the fact that these are solid laptops on paper. I really like the design. The bezels are there, but they're not as thick as they could be. And then we enter the VivoBook lineup with the Asus VivoBook S14, also known as Intel's version of the MacBook. Yes, you heard me right, and you will know what I'm talking about very, very soon. So first up, it's powered by either the Core i5-1135G7 or the Core i7-1165G7. It has a 14-inch Full HD display with Intel Iris Xe graphics, which makes sense, thus certifying this laptop to be officially an Intel Evo-certified laptop. It has up to 16GB of LPDDR4X memory, it has up to 1TB of SSD storage, it has 2 Thunderbolt 4 Type-C ports, 1 USB 3.2 general one Type-A port, 1 USB 2.0 port, 1 HDMI port, 1 microSD card reader, and 1 3.5mm audio jack. And it has a 67Wh battery. And now you're probably confused about what I talked about earlier, and here is my best explanation the design is basically a macbook but the enter but uh, the enter key has a yellow outline to it that's the only difference from that yeah that's basically the only difference there's also a fingerprint reader on the bottom left but that's really really small and the top lid of uh, the body does have more of a green color to it but other than that i wouldn't be mad if you confuse this with a MacBook. And Asus really couldn't live without announcing a new Chromebook, so they did announce two new Chromebooks the Chromebook Flip CM5 and the Chromebook Flip C536. Let's start with the Chromebook Flip CM5. It's powered by either the Ryzen 3 3250C or the Ryzen 5 3500C, which are chips designed exclusively for Chromebooks. It has a 15.6-inch Full HD Touchscreen display with AMD Radeon graphics, up to 16 gigabytes of DDR4 memory, up to 512 gigabytes of SSD storage, two USB 3.2 Type-C ports, one USB 3.2 Type-A port, one HDMI port, one microSD card reader, and one 3.5 millimeter audio jack. And all of that is powered by 57 watt-hour battery. Now for the design, I believe in my opinion the keyboard is actually really small because um... they had to segment um, the bottom of the body into two parts one part for the trackpad and one part for the keyboard itself so the keyboard is really 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 compressed so you have to get used to that and the trackpad itself really isn't benefiting from all that extra space so it just wastes space on nothing specifically After, you know, squishing the keyboard into whatever this is supposed to look like. But yeah, you have to get used to small keys with really small travel. The WASD keys are highlighted with orange, so you know which uh, buttons to use whenever you're playing a web-based game. And it's a 2-in-1, so you can flip uh, the, the screen all the way to the other side of the body. I never actually use this, it's basically a gimmick for me, but I do know that a lot of people are really excited about this feature, having the ability to basically remove um, the keyboard and the trackpad from the mm, experience, which at this point, I mean, you should get a tablet, they're thinner, and they're more suited for this kind of experience. But anyways, I understand why they want to use this feature. Anyways, this is a really cool uh, Chromebook, in my opinion, For on paper. And yeah, to use um, chips that are designed specifically for Chromebooks on a Chromebook makes absolute sense. So expect to see great uh, efficiency in battery life. And since it's AMD we're talking about, uh, I have no reason to doubt that this will be bad in performance. I mean, it won't be the best experience when it comes to performance. It is a Chromebook after all. But expect at least a competent experience in performance. And now we move on to the Chromebook Flip C536. It's powered by either the Core i5-1115G4, or the i5-1135G7, or the Core i7-1165G7. You have three options. You have a 15.6-inch Full HD touchscreen display with Intel UHD graphics integrated into the CPU and Intel iOS Xe graphics. Just a heads up, the Xe graphics is only for the i5 and the i7 while the UHD graphics is available only on the i3 version. You have up to 16GB of LPDDR4X memory, up to 512GB uh, of storage, 2 USB 3.2 type-C ports, 1 USB uh, 3.2 type-A port, 1 HDMI 2.0 port, 1 microSD card reader, and 1 3.5mm audio jack. And all of that is powered by a 57Wh battery. Okay, design-wise, this is much better than the CM5 that I just talked about. This looks really slick, and I really like it. If this wasn't a Chromebook, I, I would say... I would totally recommend this again they have this weird segmentation between the trackpad and the keyboard making the keyboard again compressed the bezels on the display are slightly thicker but i don't think you will ever notice that and yeah i guess that's all i can say so the cm5 and the uh, c536 are great chromebooks in my opinion if you are on the market for a chromebook i highly recommend these And if you're on the market on an extremely ugly laptop, but it's very durable, then I highly recommend the next one, the Asus BR-1100. Okay, actually, it is pretty ugly, but it is meant to be used by students who are currently facing the biggest challenge that COVID-19 has thrown at them. I can imagine how hard it must be to waste around 7 hours doing nothing but look at this display. A lot of people do that, but I'm talking about the people who will do it for school. So there are two versions, the BR-1100 CKA and the BR-1100 FKA. What's the difference? I have no idea. No, but no, seriously. The only difference between those two phones is that the FKA has a touch screen, but get this, the CKA doesn't. Okay, so let's move on to the spec sheet. Uh, Both of them have a Pentium Silver N6000, or a Celeron N5100, or a Celeron N4500. Both laptops have an 11.6-inch uh, HD display, but the FKA has a touchscreen display, the CKA doesn't. Both of them uh, have Intel HD graphics, both of them have up to 16 gigabytes of DDR4 memory, both of them have uh, have up to... A terabyte of SSD storage, both of them have one USB 3.2 Type-C port, one USB 3.2 Type-A port, one USB 2.0 port, one HDMI 1.4 port, one Ethernet port, and one 3.5mm audio jack. And both of them have a 42Wh battery. But that was just the filler laptops. What if we go to the actual headlines uh, of the event? No, we're not even close to finishing half of uh, the event because we still have the gaming laptops which apparently are six more gaming laptops we have to talk about. So bear with me, that will be the last thing we will talk about. We will not even get close to the gaming monitors that ASUS have announced. Long story short about the uh, gaming monitors, they're all good. So let's start with the ROG Flow X13. So technically it's not a gaming laptop necessarily um, but you'll understand when I talk about it so first let's start with the ROG Flow X13 uh, it's powered by either a Ryzen 7 5800HS, a Ryzen 9 5900HS or a Ryzen 9 5980HS it has either a 60 hz 4k display or a 120 hz 1080p display it's powered by the old GeForce GTX 1650 and you'll understand why later you can go from 16 to 32 gigabytes of LPDDR4X memory 512 gigabytes to 1 terabyte of SSD storage one USB 3.2 type A port two USB 3.2 type C ports one 3.5 millimeter audio jack and one HDMI 2.0b port and all of that is powered by 62 watt hour battery and there's this little tiny little A port right there called the ROG XG mobile interface. And what that does is that it connects uh, the laptop to, guess what? An eGPU. Yes, that's why it has a really old GPU. Is that, yeah, you can connect it to a better GPU. You just need to, you know, buy it with even more money. I am not a fan of this idea. Um... Because you you need to waste more money just to get what you were promised out of a gaming laptop. I mean, the 1650 isn't the worst. But it is bad. As someone who personally tried the 1650, it's not as good as, say, the, the two, 20 series or even the 30 series. So yes, this is the definition of wasted potential. Okay, one upside to having an eGPU is that your gaming laptop is lighter and thinner and more portable when not using the eGPU with the eGPU is a whole different story but without it it makes sense you can easily switch your laptop from a gaming uh, laptop to a regular laptop with good performance so this eGPU is basically an RTX 3080 that's it and um it's very proud to say that it only uses six percent of the size of average eGPUs which does make sense, eTubus are enormous, but b- that's because they're so powerful. So yes, it, is it small? Yes. Does it take a lot of power at 150 watts? Yes. But is it a cool idea? I'm not a fan of it. Does it make sense? Yes. But what about my thoughts on the laptop itself? First of all, the design, I really like it. I really like the design with, backlit, you know, with a backlit keyboard, an average size trackpad, and a really cool display in my opinion. I would personally go for the uh, 60Hz 4K option, but I know a lot of people that would choose the 120Hz 1080p option. So it is up to you. But with up to 10 hours of video playback, allegedly, the battery looks fine. And since it doesn't have a really big GPU built inside, you can use it as a tablet. Yes, this is the first ever 2-in-1 gaming laptop. So it is a really cool idea. But there's one teensy, teensy little problem there. It costs $3,000. I mean, with $3,000, you can practically build a PC with the 3080. But if you have the budget, which is expensive. But if you have the budget, this is a really cool idea. Uh, because a lot of people who game don't game on the go. That's for Switch users. Now, for people who use gaming laptops, they usually do it on any stable position so to have the ability of having absolutely fantastic performance only available at um, your desk but taking out that extra components of the pc and just leaving it there and using the laptop or what's left of it uh, to make it even more portable is a great idea that's basically the idea of the switch when it first released i mean think about it When it's docked, you get a higher resolution. But when you take it out, it's at 720p, but that's for the battery. So this is similar to the Switch in a way. And that is a really great idea. The problem is, it costs $3,000. And that's with uh, the eGPU, bear in mind. And now we move on to, back to the Zephyrus Duo lineup. uh, With the ROG Zephyrus Duo 15 SE. Does the name make sense? Absolutely not. The SE doesn't... Makes sense, it should have not been in the name in the first place because the Zephyrs Duo 15 SE is a refresh of the Zephyrs Duo 15. They could have just renamed it to ROG zephyrus Duo 15 2021 edition, just like they did with um the other laptops we'll talk about soon. They just put the old name in it and done nothing else. That's not a problem. I just a lot of people will be confused. Some will say that this is just a cheaper version of the Zephyrus Duo 15 because a lot of people get that from the iPhone SE. Think about the iPhone SE is a cheap version of the regular iPhone. So I can predict that a lot of people will think the same way for this laptop. So anyways, the ROG Zephyrus Duo 15 SE is powered by either the Ryzen 750 5800 h or the Ryzen 950 5900 hx You can go from 120Hz 3 milliseconds uhd uh display uh or a 60 hertz a 4k uh display or a 300 hertz three millisecond full hd plus display or a 60 hertz full hd display you can go from an R- uh, rtx 360 all the way to an rtx 3080 16 to 32 gigabytes of ddr4 memory up to two terabytes of ssd storage you have one usb 3.2 type c port 3 USB 3.2 uh, Type-A port, 1 3.5mm audio jack, 1 HDMI 2.0b port, uh, 1 Ethernet port, and 1 microSD card reader. And all of that is powered by a 90Wh battery. Now for the design. It's a Zephyrus, so on the front, there really isn't any change. Of course, you have RGB lighting on the keyboards, because this is a gaming laptop after all. The two screens, this is a Duo laptop after all so yeah that also makes sense uh the back has it has a really nice two-tone um design to it like on the upper uh right half Uh, it has this sort of smooth uh, glossy uh, finish and on the bottom left side it 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 feels very rough it looks very rough it has a rough texture to it i mean i never had and the laptop probably never will. Uh, but it looks nice. That's all I can say about it from the pictures. It looks nice. And then quickly we move on to the Asus Tough Dash F15. Powered by either the Core i7-1137-5H, the Core i 7 1137 h and the Core i7-11300H. It has either a 240Hz Full HD display or a 144Hz FHD display or a 60Hz Full HD display it has either the geforce rtx 360 or the 3070 60 to 32 gigabytes of DDR 4 memory 512 gigabytes to 1 terabyte of storage one thunderbolt 4 port three usb 3.2 type a ports one usb 2.0 port uh, one 3.5 millimeter audio jack uh, one kensington lock and one ethernet port and all of that is powered by a 76 watt hour battery the design wise it looks really cool it has a blue highlight to the keys on the keyboard it's a bit boxy there are uh, some slightly sharp uh, corners but other than that i really like the, uh, the design of this thing it's not thin but it's not thick either i mean it's it's perfectly perfectly thin in my opinion for a gaming laptop and then we move on to the tough gaming a15 and the tough gaming a17 uh both of them have up to a ryzen 7 h The Tough Gaming A15 has either a 60Hz Full HD display, 140Hz uh, Full HD display, or a 240Hz Full HD display. The Tough Gaming A17 has a 60Hz Full HD display or a 140Hz uh, FHD display. Both laptops uh, can go from a GeForce RTX uh, 1650 uh, to an RTX uh, 3060 all the way to an RTX 3070. Both of them have up to 32GB of DDR4 memory Both of them have uh, up uh, from 512GB to a terabyte of storage Both of them have one USB 3.2 type-c port, three USB 3.2 type-a port, one uh, HDMI 2.0b port, one ethernet port, and one 3.5mm audio jack And all of that is powered by 90 hour battery on both laptops Design? It's a tough laptop alright Again, there is a blue highlight on all of the keys on the keyboard, especially with the WASD keys. Um, There is a webcam that, yes, does stretch uh, out more than it should, in my opinion. It is thicker than the previous laptop. But other than that, it looks like a cool, cheap laptop, in my opinion. And our last two gaming laptops, or any laptops from Asus. The Asus ROG Zephyrus G15 and the G14. They are refreshes from last year's variants, though. So let's start off with the ROG Zephyrus G14. It has a 14-inch by uh, 9 display with either a Full HD 144Hz display or a Full HD 60Hz display or a QHD 120Hz display. It has up to an AMD Ryzen 9 5900HS. It has, um, uh, of course, Radeon uh, Vega graphics and an NVIDIA RTX uh, uh, 3000 max q gpu up to a uh, 3060 up to 48 gigabytes of ddr4 memory two usb 3.2 ports uh, one usb c uh, gen 2 port which supports charging one usb uh, c port uh, that doesn't one uh, hdmi 2.0 b port one 3.5mm headphone uh, jack, and one Kensington lock, and all of that is powered by a 76 wh battery. And of course, it has that anime matrix display on the back, which I really like. And now to the final laptop, finally, the Asus ROG Zephyrus G15. With a 15.6-inch by 9 aspect HD display, it has three panel options, either a Full HD 144Hz display, a Full HD 240Hz uh, display, uh, or a QHD 165Hz display, uh, it's powered by up to an AMD Ryzen 9 5900HS, uh, for the GPUs it has the radio and Vega graphics, and up to uh, an RTX 3080, up to 48GB of DDR4 memory, 2 USB-A 3.2 ports, uh, 2 USB-C Gen 2 ports, 1 HDMI 2.0b port, uh, 1 Ethernet port, one microSD card reader, one a 3.5mm headphone jack, and one Kensington lock. And all of that is powered by a 90 hour battery. And again, it does have the anime matrix display on the back too. I think this is a bit much, but we still have so many companies to get over it, so just bear with me here. Now see, I wasted around 30 minutes just talking about laptops from Asus. But we still have laptops from Dell, Razer, Gigabyte. Origin, Lenovo, and Acer. So yeah, this is going to be a really long episode. Really long. So first we'll start with Dell. Uh, now Dell has had uh, an event at CES and they showed off new refreshes to their laptops from both Dell and Alienware. So first we'll start with Alienware with uh, the new Alienware M15 and M17. So. The difference between uh, the 15 and the 17 inch models compared to their previous versions is that they have now a new configuration for RAM with up to 32 gigabytes of 2933 megahertz memory and up to 4 terabytes of PCIe storage. There is support for HDMI 2.1 with a new port, and the 17 inch model has a a new display option. Or up to 360Hz on 1080p. Oh, and of course, um, both uh, versions will have NVIDIA's new RTX 3000 series GPUs. Uh, The M15 and the M17 laptops will start at $2150 and will be available on January 26th. And the Dell Latitude 9420 and the 9520 having gotten... Pretty good upgrade when it comes to video conferencing apps. There are minor upgrades like uh, a new chipset, they will be uh, getting Intel's new 11th gen V Pro chips. And there's a new feature called Safe Shutter where the webcam uh, is automatically uh, physically blocked whenever you don't use the camera. Which is a nice feature for privacy reasons. They will be configured with up to a Core i7 model with intel iris xe graphics the 14 inch model uh will come in either a 1080p uh display or um a 2560 by 1600 two-in-one form the ram will go up uh, to up to 32 gigabytes and storage will be upgraded to a terabyte of pcie uh, storage and the last thing uh, the latitude 9420 will offer um lte or 5g as an option there is also a 15.6 inch configuration upgrade for the latitude 7520 the 7520 7420 and 7320 models will also be configured with the new intel 11th gen v pro chips uh, with up to 32 gigabytes of ram and uh, apparently a new smaller design Dell has also confirmed that it will upgrade the camera and audio quality for better experiences. And the last thing about the Latitude series, uh, the Latitude 5000 models, uh, the 5320, 5420 and 5520 will be getting the 11th Gen V Pro chips. But will have more plastic in the design than aluminum. And Dell is using 21% bioplastic content in the lids of the 5000 series laptops, if you cared about that. The Latitude 5000 series will be available on January 12th. Uh, the Latitude 7000 7, uh, 7, series will be available on March thirty, uh, starting at nine ninety-nine. And the last product from Dell uh, is the Alienware Aurora Ryzen Edition R10. Basically, this gaming PC is the exact same thing as the previous version, but now with refreshed components, such as the CPU, which can go from a Ryzen 5 5600X all the way to Ryzen 5950X. You can go from a GeForce GTX 1650 Super, who does that, to a GeForce RTX 3090. Or if you want to go Team uh, Red, you can go uh, from a Radeon RX 5300 all the way to a Radeon RX 6800XT ram uh, can be configured to up to 128 gigabytes of ddr4 memory and you'll get up to two terabytes for storage for ports you'll be getting three usb 3.2 ports one usb 3.2 type c port one 3.5 millimeter headphone jack on the back you have six usb 2.2 type a ports one usb 3.2 uh, uh, port type c with powershare Three USB 3.2 Type-A ports, one USB 3.2 uh, Type-A port, and uh, one Ethernet jack. Uh, this gaming PC is available today starting at $1,080 of course. So that was dull. Now let's see what Origin has blessed us with last week. So basically what Origin did last week is that they updated the Evo 15s and the Evo 17s with components of course because it's a refresh after all so on both uh, the Evo 15s and Evo 17s you can uh, go to up to a 10th gen core uh, i7 Intel processor with up to 64 gigabytes of RAM and up to two uh, disks each with two terabytes of storage you can either ch- uh, you can choose either a 300 Hertz 10 TP display uh, or 144 uh, hertz 1080p display or 60 hertz uh, UHD display and of course you can use uh, the new GeForce RTX 3000 uh, uh, graphics on the Evo 15s, Evo, 50, uh, EVO 17s uh, as well as the NT15 and the NT17 for ports they all have three USB 3.2 uh, Gen 1 ports one USB 3 port one microSD uh, card reader one mini display port one hdmi port and one ethernet port the evo 15s starts at two thousand one hundred eighty two dollars the evo 17s starts at two thousand one hundred ninety four dollars the nt 15 starts at two thousand two hundred twenty two dollars and the nt 17 starts at two thousand two hundred thirty five dollars and they're all available now now let's look at acer does acer have an ace up their sleeves or not so first up we'll start with the predator triton 300 SE! Why? So anyways, it has a 14-inch 1080p 144Hz display. It will use the new Intel Tiger Lake processors with up to the Core i7. Up to 24 GB of RAM. And it will use uh, the NVIDIA RTX 3060. It will be available in March and will start at $1400. And then we'll move to the processor Helios 300 the only difference is that it will use the new nvidia 3000 gpus with up to an rtx 3080 it will be available in february and will start at uh, $1250 then we'll move on to the nitro 5 Uh, the nitro 5 will be available in both 15.6 and 17.3 inch sizes and both will offer at least a 1080p 60hz display with 144hz and 360hz available and of course, there will be 1440p displays. For graphics, Acer has refreshed uh, the lineup with, of course, the new 3000 uh, GPUs, uh, that, which makes it go from uh, a teeny weeny uh, 1650 all the way to an RTX 3080. And for the processors, this is weird. Get this the low uh, base model we'll have the ryzen 5 5600h and then after that we will have some intel tiger lake processors and then the highest end version of this laptop will have the ryzen 9 5900hx so this is a crossover episode after all acer promises a 10 hour battery life on the 15.6 inch model and a nine hour battery life on the 17.3 inch model The new Acer Nitro 5 will be available in some markets beginning in March and will start at $749. Okay, two more companies left, uh, Razer and Lenovo. First of all, let's start with Razer. So Razer really only showed like four products. That's not to say that's not a lot, but it will be easy to get over with it. So the Razer Blade 15 and the Razer Blade Pro 17. These two laptops have gotten a big refresh, especially in uh, options for configurations. So now on displays, you don't have to waste a lot of money on 4K displays, since there will be an option to choose a QHD for the first time on one of these laptops. And of course, they will have NVIDIA's new RTX 3000 series graphics. So all in all, you will have... Um the razer blade 15 the base version that can go from a 16 series chip all the way to an rtx 3070 and starts at 1500 dollars the blade 15 advanced version which is basically the high-end version of the blade 15 um, has an rtx 3070 uh, and a qhd screen with g-sync of course and will cost uh, 2500 dollars And only on the Blade 15 Advanced will you be able to customize it with up to a special variant of the 3080 that has 16GB of VRAM. But the Advanced version will be available in February. Um, The Blade Pro 17 will start at $2,300 and will feature the RTX 3060 and is available on January 26th, the same day as the original Blade base uh, blade 15. and now last but definitely not least lenovo so lenovo has announced an upgrade to the lenovo thinkpad x1 lineup which includes the thinkpad x1 titanium yoga x1 carbon x1 yoga and x12 detachable so let's go over the specs of each and every single one of those laptops starting with the thinkpad uh, x1 titanium yoga um cpu of up to uh, an 11th gen uh, Intel Core i7 V Pro chip uh, up to an Intel Iris Xe for graphics uh, for the display you have a 13.5 inch 3 by 2 aspect ratio which is the best in my opinion display um, up to 16 gigabytes of LPDDR4X uh, RAM uh, up to 1 terabyte of PCIe uh, Gen 3 storage Wi-Fi 6 with LTE or 5G as an option uh, four ports, you have one Thunderbolt 4 port, uh, one th- uh, one USB 3.2 Type-C port, one nano SIM card, and one 3.5mm headphone jack. It will cost uh, $1,900 and will be available this month. The ThinkPad X1 Carbon also has the same uh, configurations for both the CPU and the GPU, with up to an i7 with a VPro and up to an Intel iOS XE graphics. You have a 14 inch uh, 16 by 10 display at uh, full HD with uh, ultra HD as an option, up to uh, 32 gigabytes of LPDDR4 RAM, up to 2 terabytes of PCIe Gen 4 storage, Wi Fi 6 with LTE and 5G as an option, 2 Thunderbolt 4 ports, 2 USB 3.2 Type A ports, 1 HDMI 2.0 port, uh, 1 Nano SIM card slot, and 1 3.5 3.5mm headphone jack it will start at $14.29 uh, and will be available uh, next February. The X1 Yoga has the exact same CPU and GPU configurations uh, with a 14 inch 16 by 10 uh, 1080p display with uh, Ultra HD as an option up to 32GB of LPDDR4 RAM, up to 2 terabytes of PCI Gen 4 uh, storage um, Wi-Fi 6 with LTE and 5G as an option 2 Thunderbolt 4 ports 2 USB 3.2 Type-A ports 1 HDMI 2.0 port 1 nano-SIM card slot and 1 3.5mm headphone jack It will uh, start at uh, $15.69 and will be available next month And last but definitely not least, the X12 detachable where you can literally detach the display from the rest of the body exact same configurations for both the cpu and the gpu but this time you have a 12.3 inch 3 by 2 full hd plus display with up to 16 gigabytes of lpdd 4x uh, for ram up to one terabyte uh, for pcie gen 3 storage uh, wi-fi 6 with lte only as an option one from the 4 port one usb 3.2 type c port one nano sim card slot and one 3.5 millimeter headphone jack it will start at $11.49, and will be available this month. And for the gaming section of the laptops, that is a pretty interesting story. So first off, we'll start one by one, starting with the Lenovo Legion 7, which now has a 16-inch display and a 16 by 10 aspect ratio, with a resolution of uh, 2560 by 1600 and a refresh rate of 165 watts, a response time of 3 milliseconds, uh, Peak brightness of up to 500 nits And of course, it will offer the AMD Ryzen 5000 processors up to a Ryzen 9 And uh, NVIDIA's new RTX 3000 series graphics It will offer up to 32GB of 3200MHz DDR4 RAM And up to 2TB of M.2 NVMe PCIe SSD storage The Legion 7 will start at uh, 1669.99 with uh, an expected release date of June of this year. And for the Legion Slim 7, which is basically the same laptop, just Slim, it will also offer next gen AMD and NVIDIA chips. For the display, you can go either to a, 60, a 15.6 inch a 4K uh, 60Hz display or a full HD 165Hz display. And then we have the brand new Legion 5 Pro and uh, 15 and 17-inch versions of the regular Legion 5. The Legion 5 Pro would start at $1000, but it will offer a 16-inch, 165Hz, uh, by 10 aspect ratio display. It will have NVIDIA's 30 series cards and the AMD 5000 series chips. But the difference is the maximum specs for the Legion 5 Pro will top out at the Ryzen 7. Presumably the 5800H and just at 16 gigabytes of RAM the Legion 5 will which will start at 770 dollars will also top out at the Ryzen 7 on both uh, 15 and 17 inch variants but will offer up to 32 gigabytes of RAM and 2 terabytes of M.2 NVMe PCIe SSD storage the 15 inch model offers three choices Um uh, 15.6 inch full HD panels at 165 hertz, 120 hertz, and 60 hertz. The 17 inch version has uh, 144 hertz and 60 hertz. And considering that that starts at $770, that's not bad at all. And design wise, I mean, they are uh, Legion laptops, uh, so of course, they are more performance focused than they are portability focused. But this isn't uh, the least portable I have seen when it comes to Legion laptops. I mean, you could actually fit this in a bag, uh, and everyone might see this as a regular laptop if you hide the back part of it. The hinge does stick out the back even further now, but it does look minimalistic, it's not filled with RGB, and I appreciate that personally. If you're still listening to this, congratulations, you have wasted 50 minutes just listening to me talk about nothing but laptops and maybe a bit of NVIDIA uh, early in, in the episode. But still, thank you so, so much for listening to this episode, I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to listen to the other episodes of the podcast, and don't be afraid to leave a review on other podcasts. Yes, there will be a part 3, unfortunately, we still have to talk about the weird stuff. We don't... Uh, we talked about all the gaming laptops which itself is a miracle we've talked about some of the major highlights uh, the amd event the intel event the samsung unpacked um, event but we still have to talk about the weird stuff uh, primarily the fact that razer has made a face mask so yeah uh, stay tuned for that part anyways this is yasin azam um, signing out see you next time thank you guys